welcome to the Per the Contract podcast. My name is Annalise and I am the host. And today we are joined with a very special guest and dear friend of mine, Nicole. I'm going to have her jump right into who she is, where she's from. And this woman is the Zodiac Queen. So I'm going to have her tell you her sign um, and her journey of where she is today. So welcome, Nicole. Hi, Annalise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Nicole. Uh, I consult brands on their personality, voice, and messaging, helping them become their most extra. So I am from Connecticut originally, and that's where I'm calling from. I became a full-time entrepreneur last year uh, after working in the fashion industry for 12 years for brands like Michael Kors, Giorgio Armani, and Allison Olivia. And yes, I love astrology because that is the only way the world makes sense to me right now. Um, I'm an Aries sun, Cancer moon, Leo rising. So if you're into astrology, that will make a lot of sense. And I'm also huge into pop culture and music and really value self-expression. So I love all of that. And we have been friends for almost four years now, which is crazy. And I've seen you work in fashion. I've seen you transform your business and you are who you are today. And I love the Zodiac in you because I'll message you Zodiac signs and be like, what does this mean? And you're like, X, Y, Z, this is exactly what it means, Annalise. And I'm like, okay, this, that makes sense coming from Nicole. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that if there's any tool you have for self-actualization or there's any way that you can feel as though you have autonomy over your life, because Mm -hmm. I think that, I, I think especially in 2020, we were kind of all like, wait, what just happened? Right. And so, you know, I had an interest. I, I actually had an Aries nameplate necklace when I was in middle school. And then uh, in May, my sister and I actually bought new ones. So Aww. I'm like, I'm really channeling my, my inner child and my muse, my inspiration is my seven-year-old self because mm. she was just this like happy go lucky little badass rock star and I love her. So yeah, you'll see it in my content and in my personality. I think that people ask a lot like oh, do, you know, do you think people ultimately change over time? And I would right. say in terms of personal growth and development, yeah, people change a lot. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when it comes down to your character and who you are, I think that we all have that little seven-year-old inside us somewhere. And I like to hang on to that. I completely agree. And I love that. And I actually, that reminds me of a TikTok I saw the other day. And it was putting into perspective of thinking about your seven-year-old self, giving you a hug of the transformation that of who you are today. And I started like crying because we all know that our (laughs) no matter what our journey has been, our seven-year-old self will absolutely love to hug us and just be like so proud of us. And, you know, your seven-year-old self, your 12-year-old self with your Aries plate is absolutely hugging you Mm -hmm. from the stars and beyond because again, your transformation has been amazing. So let's get into a couple questions. I would love to know what was your first job ever, like ever, whether that be babysitting, whether that be selling cookies, lemonade, like what was your first job that you started your journey on? Yes. So actually, before I even get into my first job where I got a paycheck, 
when <laughs> I was around 12 years old, my neighbor and I started a small business called Fork Friends, where we would have plastic forks and cut out pictures of celebrities and stick them on the fork and oh, kind of like little gosh. action figures or whatever. And <laughs> looking back on it, what would make more sense for my like, first job? So much sense. Everyone, if you go look over at Nicole's TikTok and just her Instagram page, this will make so much sense. I fork friends, I freaking love it. That's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I actually I should probably go do that again just and make myself a little fork friend, like just for fun. Um, so that was rewarding. It was short-lived and, you know, me and my business partner have since parted ways, but my first job where I got a paycheck, I worked at an amusement park, mm-hmm. which is like <laughs> totally random. But uh, because maybe not so park, much you, but <laughs> not, that's definitely not as reflective of my personality, but it was kind of like a rite of passage. Like yeah. every 16 year old either worked at the bagel shop or worked at the coffee shop or worked at the amusement park. And so I got to work with a ton of friends and it was just, it was an experience. Actually, one of my best friends worked in the panini shop and it had air conditioning. So I would always go visit her so I could take breaks in the air conditioning. I think that kind of is that's definitely Nick culture right there is taking breaks in an air conditioned um, amusement park restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. But really my, my second job was scooping ice cream and that was really where I got to live out a childhood dream of mine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I wanted to be a ballerina, but also an ice cream scooper. So (laughs) I'm pleased to say I have fulfilled that dream of scooping ice cream for people. You fulfilled mm-hmm. your childhood's dreams in more ways mm-hmm. than one. Okay, so that makes Absolutely. complete sense from your journey. Now, you're from Connecticut. I know that you went to school in Boston. How did you make your way to New York City in that type of journey? Yeah, that year was kind of tough because I was living in Boston and things were, this was 2014. Things were a little mm-hmm. bit different. I mean, no one really adopted digitally fully until 2020. And so the prospect of getting a job in New York when you live four hours away, you can't necessarily leave on a day's notice to get to an interview that's four hours away. So it was a little bit tricky. And finally, I'd been working in retail and I said, I'm finally done with this. It's time to leave. I'd kind of noticed a trend that continued once I moved to New York, but this trend of staying at jobs for way too long, just Mm -hmm. not knowing when to call it quits. And so I moved home for a few months and was like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. And obviously it wasn't. And I cold applied on Armani's website for an operations assistant manager. So Mm -hmm. they had an operations and communications department and working retail. Ultimately, my goal was to make a greater impact beyond the four walls of my retail building. Mm -hmm. And they were on a hiring freeze, which they did not tell me at the time, but I applied. And then there was radio silence for two months. And I thought, huh, that interview had gone really well. My the girl who would become my supervisor is still a really good friend of mine. She mm-hmm. was kind of like 
the only real mentor that I ever had, someone who was literally like a big sister yeah, working with me. And yeah, we'd hugged at my interview. So I was like, I feel like that went well. Like right. it, it, it was literally like we were best. It was like she was the big sister I never had, seriously. Mm-hmm. And then finally they got back to me, said I got the job. And I moved to New York and I moved into a 181 square foot apartment for $1,800 (laughs) in Hell's Kitchen on a 45K salary. And I'm not, I'm not a math expert, but I'll tell you that does not add up. No. I mean, most of the time your first job in New York and where you live, it doesn't add up. Like I, my first job when I got my first position at NBC, I think my salary was around the same and I had student loans and I lived so deep in Brooklyn and traveled into work and, you know, you pay the price of it. Like you were in Hell's Kitchen where you're in the center of everything and you're paying $1,800. I was in deep Brooklyn paying, you know, $900 but it took me an hour to get into the city every day. So the trade-off is there. And yeah, math does not add up in employers' minds when it comes to the first job that they that they give you and the first salary that you get. So hopefully it's changed a little bit for the Gen Zs that are coming out. But yeah, us millennials got the short end of the stick when it came to that. Yeah, and I think that when you have all of these ingrained ideas about what work is supposed to be, I didn't realize I always thought work had to be hard. I thought it had to be a struggle. I thought that there would always just be some level of desperation Mm -hmm. where I was always just clawing, trying to get to the next level, trying Mm -hmm. to get a raise, trying to get a promotion without actually knowing what I was supposed to do. And even if I did know what I was supposed to do, it wasn't a task that I was willing to accept. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually the sign when you know it's time to go is yeah. if you do know what you're supposed to do and you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. then yeah. why would why would you think if you just stayed longer then your boss would change their mind? Because ultimately the your boss does what's best for the needs of the company, not mm-hmm. for you. And I'm not saying that that's how bosses should be, but I've been in so many situations where either someone saw me as low potential because I wasn't willing to meet their demands. Whereas Mm -hmm. I thought because I was a good salesperson, I was high potential. Right. And because there aren't those open lines of communication, how would I know? So in other jobs where I I knew, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. um, This happened a lot at my, my most previous job before I left corporate realizing, wait a second, we're always oh, does this company want me? Are they going to accept my job application? It's like, wait, I don't want to work here anymore. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. That just Mm -hmm. means that you move on instead of constantly. I just found that I had changed myself to work there. And I I was very quiet and I kept to myself a lot Mm -hmm. to try to protect myself. And it's like, wow. If there's literally anything I've learned about anything, it's that you are doing yourself and really others a disservice by not being yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a common denominator for a lot of entrepreneurs that get started. You know, we go through corporate 
because we're told to go through corporate. And then we realize, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. And just like you said, you kind of, you change your personality, you change who you are without even realizing it because you're trying to fit this mold of what this company is telling you, what you need to be doing, what you should be doing to get to that next level, to climb the corporate ladder and all of that. So you kind of went into it a little bit, but I would love to know if you had an aha moment when you were at your last position of, I need to get out and go out on my own. I would say that you are a product of your environment. And so when you are a cog in the corporate wheel, days go by, weeks go by, months go by, years go by. And you're like, what is even going on? Mm -hmm. So I would keep obsessively detailed, um, like, documents, I guess, like I made a portfolio for myself, essentially, Mm -hmm. because I didn't even make it for anyone else or like, to try to necessarily use it to get a raise or anything. Mm -hmm. Although I guess when you show it to your boss, that is kind of your intention. But if you don't verbalize that specifically, then it's kind of pointless. Right. But I literally made a portfolio so that I wouldn't wake up one day and be like, what's happened to the last three years of my life? And then I realized instead of making a portfolio, I should have just done what my boss asked of me. And I did realize that over and over again, I was not doing what was ultimately asked of me. Mm -hmm. And realizing that every day I would rather be somewhere else than be at work. Mm -hmm. And I think it was kind of like a compounding of every single lunch you know, you get to know the restaurant owner of the place you always dip out of work to go to Mm -hmm. things like that, where I just, I know I'm not meant to work at a desk for nine hours a day. I have Mm -hmm. very short bursts of energy. Anyway, you're a product of your environment. And a friend of mine became a business coach and reached out to me. And I said, you know what, I want to work with her because she had also gotten out of the fashion industry. And it was very important to just have anybody who kind of understood that there's just been this feeling of, you always feel like you're the only one. You're really not. But Mm -hmm. everybody does go through something like this and have that aha moment. And when I worked with her, it was the first time that it felt possible for me to actually make an action plan to leave instead Mm -hmm. of just saying that I was leaving. And If anyone's already heard this story, don't mind hearing it again, but you were an absolutely integral part of me uh ahaing because there was one day, I mean, no matter how bad things got, I could Mm -hmm. always maintain composure in social situations. Mm -hmm. I would show up to networking events. I would just try to always put my best foot forward and stay positive no matter how bad things got. And there was just one day I could not do it. And this was maybe two months before I ended up leaving. And I saw you at this networking event and you were like, okay, you were not okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no, I was not. And you sent me an email that I made you re-forward to me so that Mm -hmm. I can keep it forever, where you basically said, you give me the best advice that I've ever gotten. And that is to not take other people's advice. And I think that people pleasers and 
those who crave, and this is not a bad thing, but those who crave acceptance and approval from others, it can be so difficult to quiet those outside voices or voices of doubt or people who are resentful of you for expressing yourself or saying, you know what? The status quo is not for me and I'm brave enough to figure out what is. Mm -hmm. And so those two instances were really aha moments where it's like, one, yes, I can leave and not be afraid of that. And two, I can be myself while yeah. doing it and not be afraid of that. Absolutely. And again, from you and I, that one moment that we had where I sent you the email, the transformation that you have become and who you are today is so different than that conversation you and I had at that networking event, because I will never forget that conversation where you know, just as you said, you get to this point of listening to everyone else and, oh, people are telling you you need to do this and you should be doing that, similar to corporate America and all that. But when you know in your gut that you need to break out, you do need that person to just kind of push you along and just say, listen, I have been there. I have felt what you are feeling and you will be able to get out of it. You just need to make the decision. And you did. (laughs) You know, it took two months and you and we'll get into this too. You essentially started right when the pandemic hit. Um, but again, I am so proud and happy for who you are and what you have become today and the transformation that you have had over the past almost two years now, which is crazy to think it's been two years. But um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible, honestly, just what the power of words, what the power of advice, what the power of, yes, listening to others, but also not listening to others when you know in your gut they have no idea who I am and what I'm about. I need to focus on me and what I want to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, first of all. And, you know, it's, it's very rewarding to actually see a transformation within Mm -hmm. yourself. I used to think about how I had potential, but knew I was not realizing it. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't until I left corporate that I actually did make, in my mind, measurable progress. And that's been difficult for me to try to break down in realizing it's kind of like human design self, not self, like my not self is working in corporate and realizing that becoming a numbers person, being an Excel wizard, giving all these PowerPoint presentations that's not really what lights me up is doing a PowerPoint or working on a spreadsheet in Excel all day. Mm -hmm. It's not what lights me up, but in order to survive in my corporate environment, those were the things that I did that brought me joy because they allowed me to be seen. Right. And so realizing, okay, there's a difference between actually liking something Mm -hmm. And wanting to do something versus only doing something so people will give you the time of day. Right. And and I think that relates to my business now because even as it has shifted so much in the last three months, six Mm -hmm. months, let alone a year or a year and a half, but realizing at the beginning, I was doing certain functions in the job that 
I mean, I was basically acting as my corporate self. Mm-hmm. Just because you can provide certain services, just because you do have certain skills, if you don't want to do it, why would you do it? If I didn't want to work 40 hours a week, why would I work 40 hours a week now? If I didn't want to sit for nine hours a day in one room without leaving, why would I do that now? Mm-hmm. If I like having a nice coffee every day and driving around, well, now I drive in Connecticut, <laughs> but we're in New York. I would just walk around, mm-hmm. go walk on the High Line, go do something to remind myself that I am a human being breathing air instead of a robot. Mm-hmm. Then that's what I got to do here. Right. Yeah. And, I... and and actually realizing those things. All you said to yourself before was, I want the autonomy over my time. I want the ability to make as much money as I want. Yeah, it doesn't look how you thought that it would. Nothing ever does. But mm-hmm. you do have those things. So how are you going to enjoy it? Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, just as much as your business has changed, it's the exact reason why my business has changed too, because no matter what, even when you start on your entrepreneurship journey, you, like you said, you fall back into those tendencies of corporate of, oh, well, I should be doing this and I need to be doing this. And I've said it so many times on this episode of should and need, but at the same time, it's what you want to do. Exactly what you said. So what does your current business look like right now? And what are you wanting to do to help others? Yeah, absolutely. I realized that in order to truly feel aligned with my own business, I just needed to do what feels like the most me mm-hmm. and kind of that sense of enthusiasm for your individuality. And I always like using the word extra Mm -hmm. because it has, it's interesting how it's entered our vernacular over the past couple of years. And I mean, if we think about it, when we call something extraordinary, one half is extra and one half is ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I like to, I like to err on the side of extra. And that's that seven-year-old to me. She was the one in the crazy dance recital costumes and dancing down the aisles of Stop and Shop. And it's just, if I want to feel aligned in my business, what was the time where I felt most aligned as me? And how can I embody that now mm-hmm. as an adult? Um, And so now it's like, okay, I realized consulting is something that I really, really enjoy doing because I find that that fear around not being able to be yourself, not accepting the fact that you can march to the beat of your own drum. You can be fun and quirky and expressive and maybe not for everyone, but your story can still be out there in a way that resonates with you. And I think now people kind of put, put information out there because of the I guess, need to be on social media and the fact that being visible and not becoming obsolete is like the most important thing that you have to do as an entrepreneur. Um, But people put a story out there and it it just doesn't stick with them. It, It doesn't 
resonate and you know there's that potential in it and you need a push. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm there to give that push. And what I like to say is that wouldn't it be great to work with a strategist who helps you become more like you instead of becoming like everyone else? Absolutely. Yeah. So I basically, I help people with their brand's personality, voice, messaging, Mm -hmm. culture, so that they have confidence in not only telling their their story and and feeling that it resonates with their clients, but also just speaking your business's truth mm-hmm. unapologetically in a way that feels good for you. I think bringing subjectivity into it is very important too, especially mm-hmm. with social. Everyone, there are all these unwritten rules for how people are supposed to behave. And it's like, I thought we left corporate because we didn't like all of those rules. Why, why are there all of these impositions on entrepreneurs? So I want to work with the extra people. I want to work with the people who are too much or too over the top. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, you're just expressing yourself. You're being who you are. And the more that you truly live out that value of self-expression, the more you just, you become magnetic. People want to work with you because they know that's the real deal. I don't Mm -hmm. have to pretend anymore to be somebody that I'm not. And I think too, it just goes to show how much that can just make you individualized within a space that sometimes feels so saturated, you know, with, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you and I both have businesses that are similar to others, but the way we Mm -hmm. project our story, the way we talk about our services, the way we talk to our clients makes us unique to us. And so I love that you work with the extra people because they're out there. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're all out there. It's just finding your unique extra. So can people book like one-on-one services with you? Do you have a program? Mm -hmm. Like what type of services do you offer? Yeah. So I do mostly partnerships, but I also do intensives and just sessions. So partnerships, Mm -hmm. I do two months or three months. So we meet one time a week. And I find that people who want to make a commitment over the course of a few months, they're in their business for the long haul. And as you know, so much can happen to your business in a month, Oh yeah, in a month, in two months, in three months. And so over the course of three months, all of the packages that I do with people are completely custom. Because you never know when somebody's going to come be like, hey, I'm speaking on a podcast. Can we actually rework some of these bios? Because they're asking me to submit a bio and I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I like to say short, shorter, shortest, because Mm -hmm. I'm like, because people are usually like, oh, I I need a short, medium, long. I'm like, you you mean you need a short, shorter, shortest? Because nobody wants to be reading all of this stuff and we got to keep it concise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then intensives, those were born like, I mean, pretty much everything is born out of need. But I had a friend who was launching a product. And I'm like, Okay, what's your timeline? She's like, two weeks. And I was like, oh. oh, my God. And so we're like, Okay, let's do it. Let's do it over the next two weeks. So intensives, the difference is you meet either for two weeks or one month, and we meet mm-hmm. twice a week. And that's when it's like, okay, we have to get to work and execute on whatever project. And this kind of comes into play at the 
enterprise level as opposed to personal brand level. Because if you're a personal brand, this could be somebody who's an entrepreneur like us. It can be somebody who, this was how I felt at corporate, someone who's a side hustler that's not allowed to speak on behalf of their brand. So they Mm -hmm. need to develop an identity that's separated from the brand that they work for, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is very important. But yeah, at the enterprise level, it's like, let's say you have a special project or some kind of campaign. You say, oh, we're having a partnership with X brand and we need to think of how we want to communicate it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, intensives are like, let's get the job done. And then finally, sessions, which I call it the get out of jail free card because <laughs> it's like those moments where you're like, oh my God, wait, something's going on. And I do a five pack of them, like the power mm-hmm. half hours a la carte, which is why I'm mentioning them. But the get out of jail free card that I made an add on again. And I think that as an entrepreneur, finessing your packages a little bit so that mm-hmm. they are made for real people is very important because it can sound wonderful to you. But ultimately, you have to serve people based on what they need as mm-hmm. well. And so I was like, I'm not, I'm not bailing somebody out of jail for free that I don't know, or that I just met, or, you know, because again, everything is custom to the needs of your business. And so Mm -hmm. I give a list of sample sessions, Mm -hmm. which people have done in the past, so that they have an idea of, okay, what ideas can we explore? Because I say flexibility is baked into the plan. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to cover your blind spots, ask you those thought provoking questions, give you those ideas that you haven't even thought of yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that is amazing. And especially when people are in the beginning stages of their business, developing your brand story, developing your unique perspective, developing your unique voice is truly how you're going to stand out. So if anyone needs help, Definitely reach out to Nicole because she is that extra woman that is going to tell you what you need to do. Absolutely. When I work with clients, a mindset shift might be the byproduct of our work, but you ultimately know already that there's something within you and we just kind of have to pull it out. I actually have a client and she says, I know you said it isn't mindset work, but you know, I thought of you when I had this conversation, or I thought of you when I had that conversation. And, you know, it inspired me here and there. And it's like, I'm not saying you're not going to be inspired. I'm not (laughs) saying you're not going to feel more motivated and more excited. And you're 100% going to feel more enthusiastic about what you're doing. It's just that I'm not here to make you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help you bring things to life. Because I don't think by the time you're an entrepreneur, you're not still living in that headspace that you can't do it. Because if you were, you wouldn't have had the guts to quit your job. Mm -hmm. So it's like realizing that as we progress through our entrepreneurial journeys, our needs evolve. Mm -hmm. And so I'm meeting somebody who is that entrepreneur who's like, I just, they're like, I just know. They have this sense of intuition that they, want to be able to tap into and it can be difficult to -hmm. find the words to express. And I truly believe in the power of communication to help people come together and feel like they're a part of something. That's the why we want to belong. And when you feel like 
people have told you, oh, you're too much, you're over the top, you're this, you're that. You don't feel like you belong. It doesn't make you feel good about Mm -hmm. yourself. And I'm here to be like, well, actually you can be yourself and you can belong and you can actually make this world a kinder place for the people that come after you too. And if we can just put that into words exactly about how you have this special gift or talent or service that you can share with people to help them, that's great. We all get to be a part of something. I love that. And I am so happy that you came on today's episode. I feel like we got your journey. We understand what you do, who you are, and also your cool vibes that people need to check out. So where can people follow you? Where can people connect with you? How can they get in touch for more? Absolutely. So Nicole Tremaglio on everything, spelling it out, N-I-C-O-L-E-T-R-E-M-A-G-L-I-O. TikTok is my favorite corner of the internet. Yay, mine too right now. (laughs) It it really is. I love it. And I'm working on some more fun pop culture content because again, that pop culture and astrology are how I relate to the world. And yeah, Instagram too. And that is also my website. Literally, it's my name for everything, but it's easy to find. Very easy. And yeah, it's easy to find and would love to connect with you on there. And I I believe in the power of social media for good too. So I think that the more that we can be ourselves and kind of detach from certain expectations that you set for yourself and try to just have fun and connect with people that you like and enjoy and make you feel like you instead of that you have to be like them. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So yes. So I am very much out there on the internet. So come find me, come play. Awesome. Well, go find her, go play, go check out her cool vibes and hopefully you can learn how to be your extra self. So thanks so much, Nicole, for joining and thank you all for listening. Thank you.